Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so honored today because I have Angela with me and I I love Angela. She's amazing. She's been coaching women in the health and fitness industry for over a decade. She's a personal trainer and business lift Academy specializes in coaching women through all stages of their lives, whether it's one-to-one, two-to-one or small groups. She believes that integrating fitness into your habits is easier for women with a social component. Her method includes strength training and reformed Pilates training and mindset training, yielding optimal lasting physical and mental transformations in her clients. She is pre and postnatal certified and has a background in working with various injuries. At Lyft Academy, she prides herself in being able to have an exclusive environment where every woman can feel like they belong, encouraging you and supporting you on your way to developing a healthy body image. And that is her life's mission. Thank you so much for being here today. Wow, thanks. That sounds like so much when you say it like that. And it's always so hard for me to write a bio of how I work or what I do. I don't know why it's Mm -hmm. so challenging for me because I feel like there's so many aspects to what I do. Um, But I think you hit the nail on that. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. And I know that that we've known each other for a little while now, but this will kind of dive a little bit deeper, I think, into where we are now. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm so honored to have you on because we have known each other for a while now. And I would love for you to share your journey because you've had a lot of ups and downs, but in a nutshell, and then we can dive deeper into Mm -hmm. it as well. Yeah. In a nutshell. (laughs) Well, I think that it's important to touch on um, my personal background because Mm -hmm. that's what brought me here into doing what I do today. And, um, you know, I was always, I think growing up um, when I grew up, Um, it was a kid in the nineties. Um, there was a lot of looking back now, there was a lot of media, um, and a lot of influential, um, people and, and topics on dieting and being smaller. And as a, as a kid who was super aware, I think I really absorbed a ton of that. Um, I see that with a lot of people my age and even older, I see that, that the, the, that toxic diet culture was just absorbed by this little kid who just was a sponge, right? So um, I, I took a lot of that on and I, I felt like I just really needed to lose weight. Like I felt like as a kid, as a teenager, um, I, I went to a lot of extremes, had a lot of, um, I had a disordered relationship with food and then later used exercise and and um, sports and moving my body, which I had a great relationship with to kind of also, um, I also created a a disordered relationship with that. So I was over-exercising, dieting, not eating for sometimes a week at a time, um, just all to be skinnier because that was what I thought that I needed to be. I needed to fix myself to be that way. Um, And I I, I don't really know how it's kind of like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I ended up going into a, a physical education and health program in university. I, it was like the third thing that I wanted to do. 
I don't even know to this day, like how exactly I clicked accept on that. I think it was just like the hand of God be leading me to, to my purpose. But um, I, I did do that. Pro I did go into that program and, and I loved the program so much. It just highlighted how important exercise is um, for medical reasons, psychological reasons. Um, and I always thought, oh, this is fantastic. I'm going to teach group exercise on, on the side and I'm going to do that so I can continue to, to do that and get paid for it. And I was working um, with as a kinesiologist with people with injuries at that time. Um, but my side business, my group exercise business as an instructor was just booming. It was, my classes were always full. Um, and my, my class, and I always had clients. Um, and I remember talking to my mentor at the time and he was, I was like debating whether I should go into being an entrepreneur or stay working for the clinic I was working at, which was like, you know, that safety, that, that pay someone's giving you clients versus this side business that I had that, I mean, clearly now looking back, like it was time to jump, but he said, you know, you're never going to be ready. You just have to decide that you're going to do that. And then I just decided that I was going to do that. I signed up for this personal development course and I signed up for coaching with Tanya, which is how we met all in the same weekend. And I was like, well, I'm just going to jump just like my mentor said. Um, and there were like, as you know, there's so many other ups and downs in the entrepreneurship journey, especially female entrepreneurship. And especially for me coming from my background in the fitness industry, um, I felt a lot of the times like I didn't belong there I felt that so much pressure to look a certain way and so much pressure to have a certain message out um a certain it really a lot of it was really physically hard on me too um but at that time I, I was still kind of dealing with all of it the beginning is a lot um <laughs> and I realized I think something that I want, I would definitely give advice to somebody mm -hmm. wanting to go into the industry, especially the fitness industry is I realized after like what I thought was my weakness that I, I looked different or I didn't maybe look the part, um, was actually such a huge strength for me because I was just a relatable person. And that's why my classes were always filled. I was really authentic and I wasn't trying to, to be somebody that I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be somebody else. Yeah. Although I thought I needed to be, I was mm -hmm. just authentic in myself. So my weakness, or maybe like even being a woman in a male dominated gym mm -hmm. is actually my strength. And that's what to this day, embracing more and more and more um, has kept me thriving in an industry that's gone through lots of ups and downs, even, even in the pandemic. Yeah, no, there's definitely been lots of ups and downs, but I love that you were just being able to be your authentic self and realizing that is like a superpower yeah. that you were able to be relatable because I even remember years ago, just all the classes you had, everybody always coming to them and just all your posts, everything that you stood for and stand by was being facilitated every time and everybody was able to gravitate towards you because of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, especially with the pandemic, what did that do for your business? How did that impact it? Yeah, I was in Toronto. We had a, lo a lockdowns for uh, an insane amount of time. And um, it was really hard to see because as 
as a promoter of fitness and health, I, I realized how much of a toll this would be taking on people's mental health, of course, their physical health, but their mental health and their well-being. So gyms were completely locked down for a very long time. And um, I think maybe they briefly opened up again and then they were locked down again, even as late up as to February of this year. Um, so it was really long and it was really intense. Um, but during that time, as I said to you, I was, I went through a little crisis as well. Like I was like, wow, this, like, I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you're ready for ups and downs. You understand that there's no like job security, but this is an unprecedented mm-hmm a disruption of your business like there are no pandemic clauses in lease at the I mean maybe now there are but there weren't back then so it was it was in a way completely unprecedented so I was having a real crisis and I was like god I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing I don't know is this a sign to move to a different industry I I, I really need some clarity right now and I actually got um, during the, I don't know if you remember the time all the fitness equipment was like sold out and there were like, you couldn't even get like a dumbbell anywhere. Um, I, I was given a full squat rack and Olympic bar and dumbbell set and got given to it from my landlord's neighbor to put in my backyard. And just that it was just such a God thing that you couldn't even you couldn't even explain it. Everybody was struggling to get equipment and I had this equipment and I had like a fully, fully answered question there for me, which is yes, Angela, you're supposed to be doing this. So I actually ran, I actually added to that once equipment became available and I ran all my classes and personal training out of my backyard at the time. And I called it the ranch. So I had, and like for anybody who remembers the ranch, it was like really good times and it was really hot and it was really fun, but it was, it was really in those moments that myself and my clients appreciated, reappreciated being able to work out in those pairs, in those small groups, um, the social component, the physical component, the endorphins that you get. Um, so that was that was my pivot. I also did some online courses, which are extremely hard. Um, they're really physical on my body because I was teaching like two classes a day. But you know, on Zoom, you have to do every. It's harder to um, manipulate your clients, so I had to like physically do the classes as well. So that ended up taking up a, a little toll on my body. Um, and um, yeah, I think one of the one of the great parts, like people always talk about, what was hard to pivot from or one of the great things is that people realize that they can work out in their house or they can work out for a small amount of time with limited equipment and it still counts. It's still good. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I think a lot of my clients were like, no, if I don't go to a class or I don't go to the gym, it's not enough, but it's something and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. If you don't have a lot of time or you're not able to leave your house for whatever reason, you still can do something effective and it will, it will be beneficial to your physical and mental health. So yeah, there were a lot of, a lot of things going on. I also did, was able to use the time where I wasn't um, working as much to do a couple courses that I wanted to do that take up some time. So I did pre and postnatal athleticism, which is always, I'm always trying to learn and prepare for myself and my clients going forward and training women Mm -hmm. 
it is more than half of the population is women and the majority of them will either have a baby or be or, or have had a baby so it's my responsibility to be become that expert in women's health for them so this course was so amazing and eye-opening and really in-depth and showed me how we really as advocates of, of women female health we really have to be the people who who go and seek the knowledge so we can share with our clients um, and then I also did reformer Pilates training, which is awesome. And I've wanted to do it for a little while now. And it's, it's thriving and it's something that gives me life to do, um, something that can grow with people um, at any stage of their life. Um, it's very um, low impact for people who are, are recovering from injuries or struggling with injuries, but it's also, it also can add resistance and be super challenging for somebody who's already at a high level of the fitness game. So I, I'm thrilled with adding that to, to my method and all of those things came out of the pandemic. So can't all be bad, right? No, of course not. And I, I love that being able to pivot or understanding too, like what your clients' needs are and almost being able to project that too of, mm-hmm. okay, well, a lot of the women that are going to have kids or have had kids, mm-hmm. being able to be prepared to help them in a different way and not just staying at like status quo essentially, but constantly evolving. And that's entrepreneurship. I think like you're constantly evolving, you're constantly growing as long as you let yourself and being able to just pivot a little, but adding more to the plate of what you can do. And it's Mm -hmm. pulling out tools because not everything works for everyone. Very true. But I'm curious because I know you've had a lot of success with a lot of clients, but if there's any one or two that stand out, maybe recent or ones that from the past Mm -hmm. that you would love to share a success story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm thinking of one of my clients I'm working with currently. Her name is Tanya. I've actually known her for a really long time. We actually went to high school together. Um, And this is an interesting story for a couple of reasons. So on the entrepreneurial side, um, there are a lot of stressors when you're running your own business where you feel pressure to posts on social media, you know, pressure to have an email list and send things out. And if you don't get this out on time and if you don't get that out on time and, you know, marketing, there's a lot, right. You can, mm-hmm. yeah. it can be very overwhelming and yeah. overstimulating. Um, so I personally have gone through journey with that. Now I have somebody who's helping me with my social media, which is awesome. Cause I know that I need help with that. Um, but this client, she actually reached out to me out of the blue and she doesn't even have social media. So during a time when I was stressed out about, I'm not posting enough, I should I get someone to help me? How is my business gonna be thriving? I received confirmation that when you're doing your purpose and you're out there doing what you know you need to be doing and spreading the message you need to be spreading, clients will come out of the woodwork. They will come to you through ways that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love Tanya's story for that reason, for to share with entrepreneurs, because there's so much pressure we put on ourselves. So she actually, so actually what, she, how she came through me, we knew each other, but we didn't, we haven't talked recently, like for a few years. Um, her cousin was following me on social media and just through all the years has seen has seen how I've been working and recommended her to come to me. So that to me is always such a, um, it's such an honor when somebody recommends their sister or their father or their cousin to me. Um, And also as another story, you don't know who's watching every person you interact with 
is networking to somebody who you may be working with in the future, right? So thinking mm -hmm. outside the box, sowing the seeds, not only for results right now, but for results and, and clients and, and yeah. down the line, that's just how it is, right? It's not always, oh, I'm going to do this right now. And then I better see some results tomorrow, right? It's not like yeah. that. Um, but Tanya, Tanya, I, I love because she came all in and she's a teacher. So she's been an, a fantastic student. Um, but beyond that, she wasn't afraid to commit. So right away off the get-go, she knew she wanted to have some support because as she put in the past, she never reached out. She never thought that personal training was for her because she thought she was too weak. And I was like, what? She said, I just thought that it would be a waste on me because I'm like a complete beginner and I have no idea what I'm doing. And to me, that is like, the complete I think the complete oppositely but just to understand that like a potential client could think that um and I want everybody to know that like beginners are welcome at Lyft Academy you don't have to know anything you don't have to be flexible at all to do Pilates you don't have to be strong at all to lift the barbell we start where you are and we progressively work your way up and our bodies are absolutely incredible they can do so much more than our mental capacity can even imagine so knowing that she took that step to get help, um, is a, is a great, um, boost for me because I, I know that I can help people like that. So she has come in, she started to do two times a week. Um, and she just stuck it out for three months, two times a week. Um, I only work with people that are new to me for three months minimum, because it does take time, it takes yeah. time to build the commitment, it takes time to see results. And if you're starting off for one month and things are not where you want them to be yet, and then you lose that accountability partner or a coach, mm -hmm. it's just tough. I don't want anybody who comes to me to be, be in that position where they come, they invest a little bit and then they leave and they don't have anything. Right. So three months mm -hmm. is that minimum that I, I require for new clients to work for me. And she just put the work in. Like she, she said in her testimonial, mm -hmm. I couldn't even lift the sack of potatoes up to the counter for them to scan at the grocery store and now she's she just deadlift this week 100 pounds um and wow. she's squatting over 100 pounds she's bench pressing 60 pounds like she's just showing up and it's not because of any magic it's not because of any quick fix it's just yeah. week after week after week small progressive overload and guess what your body adapts and your body gets stronger and it's it's not like sexy it's not like a quick thing like that's just how it works that's how it is so now she's loved the results that she was getting and she's actually um off for the summer so she's doing three times a week for the month before she goes away to just kind of accelerate so we're getting into some more conditioning and challenging her a little bit more with that and she's the, the goal when I work with clients is I want you to, to not need me. So I don't, I'm not that type of coach that I need you to stick around forever. Like, I think the best way I can be of service to people is kind of be like a little bit of a constant, but also a revolving door. So somebody comes in and then I teach them the skills. That's why my business is called Lift Academy. I, I think of it as a school. So I'm teaching them the skills and then in some capacity, either they work from one-on-one, -on -one, they go to a small group, take maybe a little bit more ownership of their own uh, program, their own setting up the weights. And then maybe I create them a program and they feel comfortable going to the weight room. 
but they come back for some classes here or there, or I see them once a week instead of three times a week. Um, that is always my goal when working with clients because I feel that you it's an investment to come to Lift Academy and you need to be able to take something and leave with that. So her, we're working towards her goal in the future. Um, you know, you don't have to leave me right away. It's okay. Like I'm not here for you, I'm not leaving you, but um, in the future to be able to go to her local gym and be able to, to complete a program and, and feel confident going into the right weight room. And every little thing that you're learning from me in working with me is something that will bring that confidence when you step into that weight room and you'll be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I belong here. And I know that this is why I'm doing this exercise and this is how I should be. And that kind of knowledge will bring the confidence that we're looking for going in there. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm so proud of her. She's been a fantastic client to train. She shows up every day. She doesn't want to miss it. If she has to miss it, if she, she had COVID, she had to miss it. And then she just showed right back up. So that's life, right? You can't be perfect. No, we can't. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. But I want to go back to what you said about belonging and just even the whole story. It just shows too, she felt like she didn't belong working out or that she could lift or anything along those lines, but really being able to put herself out there and try and do it and have that guidance and have that support to push through those feelings of being uncomfortable in the beginning and now being able to lift a hundred pounds deadlifts, like doing all those things where in the beginning, like she couldn't lift the potato sack. Like I know that's that's huge, but I mean, that's that's a huge testament to the skill sets that they're learning. Mm -hmm. Everyone you come in contact with in your gym or online, but being Mm -hmm. able to get creative but also know what that person needs mm-hmm. because it's not like from what I know, <laughs> it's not a one size fits all, but it's being totally. able to give them the tool sets that are going to work for them. Mm-hmm. And based off of all your knowledge from all the years you've been doing this too, and how seamless it is, like mm-hmm. it might have some roadblocks or some like frustration. I mean, working out like some days it's great. Some days you're like, I don't want to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> personal experience, totally. but, <laughs> totally, but yeah. you do it because you know, it's good for you. And it's about that strength conditioning. Like also, it's not just working out, doing cardio or doing one thing. It's pulling from all these elements and tools you have in your toolkit that you give to each person that comes in as well. Mm -hmm. And I love that you have it as the academy because they are Mm -hmm. learning Mm -hmm. and they're like, you're being able to empower each individual and like with the lift Academy, of course, <laughs> but being able to empower those individuals to push through those things or having the misconception that they don't belong when they absolutely do. Absolutely. Beginners Excellent. are welcome at Lift Academy. And what better way to learn? Sometimes I think beginners have such, they feel down on themselves or they feel like they're mm-hmm. behind. But what I always say to somebody who's new is actually you have a huge advantage because it's much easier to learn a motor skill set when you don't have anything there already. If you have a way of a pattern of doing a movement that's a little bit um, off, and then come to Lift Academy, you'll have to unlearn that and then learn the new pattern. So again, what you might think is your weakness, you might there might be a strength, there might be an advantage there, and then. You have that, those neural pathways of how to do a squat. You have that motor control of how to do a deadlift and you pick it up in that's with you for life. Yeah. And I love that she came from like, not social media. Like, I mean, yes, it was like through somebody, but like 
that's such a, a key factor. And I know like when I was building my business in the beginning, it's like, okay, well, social, like I need to have followers. I need to have an email list. I need to have all these tech things, but yeah. it's really about who you are showing up as such. And like the right clients will come. And I, I think totally that's true. And I think Caroline, it was because it was at a time for me that like, there's nothing wrong with clients coming from social media. It's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think that there's, it was a time for me where I was feeling really burnt out, the ups and down of the pandemic, the stop, start, mm-hmm. stop, start of lockdowns. And yeah. um, I, I took on a little bit more that I could chew with um, studying some mm-hmm. of these courses and working and managing the pandemic, which was, okay, guys, we have to stop this week. Okay, this person's in contact with this. Took a lot of toll on my mental and physical health. So I was, mm-hmm. I felt I was slipping up in the Instagram I couldn't show up on Instagram I couldn't there was that that effort like you know it's like a side part-time job I couldn't do it this Mm -hmm. is before I reached out for help um and I I I just had to I had to stop and I had to say okay this is a task I can't do right now and I felt really down on myself because I felt like I was letting my business slip through the cracks because I wasn't showing it on Instagram but in reality, just like you said, your business isn't on, isn't an Instagram post. It's not an Instagram story. If you, if Instagram were to be deleted today and everyone's Instagram was gone, like, what do you have as the business? Like, what impact are you having on people? Um, And the fact that she came to me at that time was also a really good confirmation for me. Like, just keep checking along Angela don't worry so much if you're not showing up on Instagram okay get some help with Instagram and move forward you know yes no you're absolutely right and it goes back to like not just having one platform able to understand that too and I just think it rings true because you could have x amount of followers but that doesn't convert to clients or sales And like, that's something I learned really early on in my journey as well, because I would see people have all these followers, but when you actually talk to them, it's a little yeah. different yeah, sometimes. It totally, a hundred percent. And that's the world that we live in right now. There's so many benefits. There's a lot of downfalls. There are a lot of benefits. Depends how you use to your advantage. And I feel like the medium, the, the way someone's supposed to get to you is the way they're supposed to get to you. And you know, the medium will get them there. It doesn't necessarily have to be Instagram. There's many, many other things like what was, what was going on before Instagram, right? That's still going on, you know? So for my, my business, I, I invest a lot into um, my clients that I have now. So a lot of my marketing money is um, not, you know, necessarily for ads. I did that in the past, but now my number one source of of referrals is like actually referrals from other people. So investing in the clients that I have, you know, taking my Lyft Academy group out for a group outing or making like our sweaters and giving everybody like a sweater is how I love to put that money back into, into my business and back into my clients because then the experience that they have is so great that they have to tell somebody about it. And then someone else gets to add fitness into their life. And that's, been what I've found um, to be the best for art for, for Lyft Academy. But these things that I'm saying are, I feel like they're so old school ways of doing, of marketing a business, right? So I had to stop a little bit of trying to 
trying to do all these like future things and and remember like those are great but the foundation is relationship mm-hmm. with people and how you touch people and and I wanted to t- take I only want to take the amount of people that I can give this quality service to I don't want to take more people and and even make more money at a certain point where you're like let it, people fall through the cracks or I'm not able to show up as like than 100% Angela with all of Angela's energy and all of my attention. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that anymore because I, I truly see the quality of my relationships with my clients improve as I have like an optimal number of people mm-hmm. that I'm taking on. And that was something the pandemic really showed me too. We were all like, go, go, go. But if mm-hmm. I take this two extra clients today, and I don't have my morning routine, then what kind of an example am I being for my client? When I'm not taking that time for myself, I'm not grounded in my body and I can't help them to be grounded in their body through just my presence and just our conversation, you know? Yeah, it's absolutely spot on of just understanding too, like relationship building is the key. I was just talking about this with somebody the other day of how important it is because it is those relationships and you just never know who you're going to be able to help, whether it's not that direct person, but indirectly the people mm-hmm. you're going to help as well, because it's a referral. And just even in business, if you look at the old school ways, it's old school, but it still works till this day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's I love that you brought that up because I think it's important to remember, but yeah. I know it's not just the physical aspect that you're transforming your clients. It's also the mindset, just like you gave the example of your client but do you have another example of how somebody's mind completely shifted and transformed after working with you? Because I know it's not like just yeah. a physical element. And so I was having a, cli- a conversation with a client um, yesterday and um, one mis- misconception I think with, I want to, I want to make sure I say is with body image, um, mm-hmm. bo- body image and, and uh, body image coaching. If you're looking to improve your body image, which is how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get hung up because some days they'll feel really good and they'll feel like they've made progress. And some days they might feel like they're back at where they started. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking for to go on a journey to improve your body image alongside maybe your physical um, strength, which is what my clients at Lift Academy mostly want to do. Um, you have to understand that it is not a linear process. So you toggle between feeling good and feeling like you're back at square one, but eventually over time, you will hold that feeling good better and longer, and you won't go into that. You will know how to not go into that feeling bad, or when those thoughts come up, you'll know how to not let them consume you as much, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So there was an example that um, somebody on Instagram, um, I saw a long time ago, and this is the best example I could think of with body image improvement. Mm-hmm. This is the conversation I was having with my clients the other day. You know, those, um, those little kind of my uh, image tricks where it looks like, um, a bunny, but it also looks like a fish mm-hmm. or, you know, what, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. There's like the optical illusion things. So yeah. some people see a bunny and some people see a fish mm-hmm. and nothing has once it's, let's say you Caroline, you saw the bunny. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh no, Caroline, look, it's a fish. 
And then you looked and you looked and you saw the fish, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing about that image has changed. Right. So that image is exactly the same physically, but you can now toggle in between seeing it as a bunny and seeing it as a fish and going back to seeing it as a bunny and seeing it as a fish. So that's kind of how it is with body image. Um, when you're looking to change your body image, you can toggle in between seeing your body as an objectified version of itself. Like you seeing it as an object, seeing it as something that you pick apart and seeing it as like something with flaws and something that is like consumed, like, like in a consumerism way, or you can go and see it as the home where you live, something that you need to take care of, something that you love does not you're not so concerned about how it physically looks, but maybe more concerned about how it feels and how you're operating and how you're taking care of it. So some days you will be able to toggle back and forth. You might, maybe it's closer to the time of the month and you have a little bit more of those, of those like um, kind of negative thoughts coming in and you maybe feel, you don't feel as good physically. So you'll, you'll go to that objectified version of yourself and pick yourself apart, but then you're able to go back to that other version and have compassion for your body. So when, when you're improving your body image, you're just able to, to go back to that other view and you're able to stay there a bit longer. And you're able to, what I find is not let other people or other situations influence you so much. So I was talking with a client um, yesterday, and I won't say names just to keep the conversation private, but we're talking about how she has, like, she has come such a a long way with how her body feels and how it performs. Uh, Yes. How it looks and also how she, it relates to her body image, Mm -hmm. but she was in a situation where she was around a bunch of girls and all the girls were talking about this hip dip and they were talking about, um, you know, feeling this type of way about their body and how they were weighing themselves and how they need to be this size. And I don't blame my client at all. She said she had a really hard time. That conversation like really got her down and it really got her thinking about herself in that way, that objectified version. Mm -hmm. of herself way where you are think you're only good for how you look and you think you're only good for how the number on this or what the number on the scale is and she brought it up because she was talking about a specific part on her body after an amazing session where we she Mm -hmm. did her body was able to do incredible things so she brought up this part of her body and what I I did as a coach is I I talked to her about the physical anatomy and part of that body. I talked to her about the science of building muscle and losing fat and gave her the facts of, of mm. what's happening yeah. from, from a, I like, I, I call myself like a neutral source. Who's giving actual scientific facts, not mm-hmm. random Instagram or random TikTok. Who's just telling you like showing fake bodies and then saying, do this exercise. Like there's so much of that. So I like to give the facts as I know them, as I've learned them in university to my clients. And then after that conversation, I had that other conversation with her about, mm-hmm. you know, don't think that just because you're having a bad day means that everything that you've done to get your body image 
to an improved place is gone. It's something that you toggle back and forth with. And then eventually you'll learn how to stay in that place longer and then curate your circles, curate who you hang out with, curate who you, you consume on Instagram and don't worry so much about thinking that these people are better than you, or you should be thinking like them. If anything, think about oh my God, this person is still only consumed with how they look. Like there's so much more going on in the world. There's so much more going on with you as a human being. You're not just an objectified person. You're not an object. You have, you're multifaceted. You're gorgeous from the inside out. You're so smart. Your body is so capable of doing all these things. So stay in that as long as you can. If you, if you get to a place where you're feeling bad, have a conversation with your coach, have a conversation with a friend that you know, that is trying and feels that way, that better way about their body image, go to some Instagram account where, you know, where somebody's spewing positive stuff, not spewing bullshit. And just know that it's one step at a time. And eventually I'm telling you from experience, it will get better. It is a journey, but eventually it will feel better than it, than it does going back and forth and back and forth and not knowing right so she has had an impressive an incredible physical um transformation and strength transformation she has so much less pain after doing pilates than she did from her job and her upper body before and her neck and her elbows and all of that but she's also i'm really proud of her because she's really working on being one of those people who has a better relationship with their body and guess what those people are going to be better moms and better influences to other children and daughters in the future and hopefully that's where we can build off each other and change people's women's body images in the future oh that was so well said and I am just so grateful that you shared that experience too of that client of how really shifting that mindset and really understanding the facts of it, of how our bodies change, how it takes time, how on an Instagram post might look like something, but the reality is so different and you're only seeing highlights most of the time on social media. Yeah. There are accounts that are amazing. I try to share this with people, but I said, Mm -hmm. don't hesitate. If this person doesn't make you feel good or you see something where even if it's somebody, you know, just mute them. It's not personal. It's about you and what you're consuming. And we got to be better at what we're consuming and how that's making us feel because that's going to change everything. It's going to change everything. So don't feel bad if you need to, like, even as an entrepreneur, if you need to mute somebody who you know, who's constantly posting things and it makes you feel like you're not doing good enough. I've experienced this. Mm -hmm. I just mute them. It's not personal at all. I just have a hard, had a hard time comparing that I'm and feeling like I'm not doing enough. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like I know I've experienced that so many times of just not feeling good enough or looking at other people's posts and whatnot, but to kind of go back to your journey in the beginning and now what are maybe two or three tips you could leave with us today around being able to, like, you wish you would have known way back when that, you know, now. Yeah. Wow. For (laughs) being entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. In fitness, I'm going to say in fitness specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So w- when you're in the fitness industry, I think a lot of people subconsciously are looking for examples to model. Mm-hmm. So 
when you're just being yourself as a person who's navigating fitness and health and being a real person who who has ups and downs who shows up some days and does better shows up other days and doesn't doesn't get down on themselves somebody who's able to enjoy food yes as fuel but also food as um, enjoyment and the social component to life being that real person that person who I was trying to hide for so long and thought that that was my weakness if I was that person if I let myself be that person sooner or if I even accepted myself as being different and not being that what I thought I needed to be I think my journey would have been a lot easier, but maybe that's what my journey was about. Like just accepting myself. Right. But people are looking for relatable, real people because they can see themselves in you and then whatever's possible for you, they think can be possible for them. So not hiding that and really sharing your vulnerability is really a strong superpower. It's not a weakness. Right. So I know we're all learning that, um, but definitely, definitely in the fitness industry, I think that that that's always a plus and a win. Um, like I said, I think number two, everything Mm -hmm. that I have right now is built over time through relationships with people. And if you trace back and trace back every single person, everything that I that I did, every person that I worked for, I always thought I was working for myself. Even when I was working for other people, I always thought I'm working for myself because I'm building relationships and I'm working for the, my, my reputation and maybe Lyft Academy wasn't Lyft Academy back then, but in my head, that was when Lyft Academy started because it was mm-hmm. my relationships with people and then their referrals to other people and all of that, that it has such a compounding effect. So now people see me and they're like, oh, you can put a program out and it will fill up so quickly. Sure, but there were so many years when I really just really grind was grinding it out and was just showing up and trying and giving, having those conversations like, after a class I would teach, I would stick around. I wouldn't just leave. I would stick around and I would have those conversations with people who wanted to have those conversations. I would have five or 10 minute conversations with people. And I, I concluded that in my time, like I was working because I was building that relationship and having people know that they can come to me. So in the future, when people are reaching out for a trainer they're super vulnerable like think about it you're 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 probably not happy with your habits and you're not happy with how you feel about your body and you're now reaching out to somebody where you're going to spill everything to them Mm -hmm. they're going to see you physically struggle they're going to see you on your bad days they're going to know what mentally you're struggling with it's it's an extremely vulnerable position so who better to go to than somebody who, you know, has an empathetic ear, you know, who's been through it, somebody who's taken that time already to be nice to you and listen to you and just genuinely as a human being care about how you're doing. Um, So don't be like my husband has, he always says, just 
his one rule is just like, don't be a shitty person. <laughs> so it's, yeah, in business, it's I think it's one of our, it's one of the things that we both live by in our entrepreneurship, like just be a good person and people will want to work with you more than somebody who's equally as qualified for you, but is a shitty person. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um, again, basics, Caroline, nothing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> The basics are the foundation. I always say it's like when you build a house, you're not building the roof first. Like you're not putting the roof on top right away. You need to have the foundation. You need to have the concrete. You need to have the bottom built upon that to have the Mm -hmm. roof. But that's the same concept with our skill set of just building Mm -hmm. relationships, getting to know people, creating that space, especially within the health and fitness industry, but also just in any industry, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, being a human. Not being a shitty person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I know it's so good, right? (laughs) So good. Um, One more thing that I wanted Mm -hmm. to to make sure that I say is that I feel like um, those who are called to entrepreneurship have a specific um, purpose and a mission. It's not everybody that is, and they have um, a specific mission and purpose and skill set that needs to be shared with the world to, to advance the world forward. So entrepreneurs are always creating new ideas. They're creating new mm-hmm. um, ways of being and they're, and they're pushing forward. They're pushing the world forward. Mm-hmm. But what, what comes with that is um, there's a constant, and I'm sure you can attest this, constant self-work that mm-hmm. has to be going on constantly dealing with your ego, constantly dealing with fears and vulnerabilities, constantly dealing with limiting beliefs. Um, So taking the time to um, set yourself up with whatever that means, whatever it means to you to be grounded, to be, um, have people who are, have your back and you can talk to, uh, have coaches yourself that are pushing you forward, um, because it's hard to do on your own. And I can definitely attest to the, that the way I am today and the business I run today and the person I am today is because I had a lot of coaches in the past. I had a lot of people on my side that were helping me and a lot of, a lot of different um, modalities and things that I did that were able to help ground me and help me to create those morning routines, take that time for myself so I can be present and I can truly give my clients the gift of, of my presence and, and my knowledge and not, um, something that's ego-based Angela or something that's like fear-based Angela. Um, so I think practicing what you preach and, and getting those coaches or getting those, um, that outside source of help, it just pays dividends. It does. You're absolutely right. Because if you look at, and I say this all the time, but if you look at any successful person, nobody has done it alone, but being able to do the work yourself in order to grow, because that's the only way a business works. If it grows, if you stay where you're at, it's not going to grow, but being able to have different perspectives, people in your corner supporting you is so key. And I love that you touched on that because it's vital. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I've so been enjoying this conversation. We're going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Sounds good. Okay. The first question is, what motivates you to work smarter? What motivates me to work smarter? Wow. Um, I'm motivated to work smarter because I am looking for 
I want to even say it's not even work-life balance. Like it's like what we were talking before. Like I want to, I don't want to work to, I don't want to live to work. I want to work so I can work and enjoy the rest of my life. Like enjoy my family, enjoy my kids, enjoy my dog and, and enjoy life because that's what it's all about. It's not about, um, you know, just living to work and just grinding it out. So I really trying to work smarter, have projects on the horizon that are a little bit more of a work smart, passive income type of model. So I can transition into doing that and then working in person, like, of course, because I love it, I'll always be, I'll always work in person, but as much as I want to, not to, not like, I feel like I need to. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important point. And it's living your life, right? That's what it's about. That's why we get into entrepreneurship, not to run ourselves in the ground. Totally. Yes. Enjoying that <laughs> flexible schedule. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So if you were a superhero, what would be your power or powers? Yes, I would definitely have a telekinesis. So like just uh. being able to go anywhere because then I could go to visit family in Colorado. Then I could go to work. Then I come back. Then I go get like that. Would a hunt? I don't know when people answer this question and they don't say that. I'm like, how can you not do that? <laughs> I, I mean, I agree. I'm right there with you. <laughs> what is the phone app that you use the most? Oh, I definitely, this is probably no one uses this the most, but I definitely use the timer app because I'm constantly timing my clients, yeah. timing their breaks. It's constantly, constantly open. And I don't, I don't know anyone else that uses that app more than me. <laughs> That's the first on here. <laughs> right. I love it. Um, what is the last book that you've read? I um, read the book called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm, mm-hmm. And um, it, I, I can't remember the author's name. It's a very, like, it's a Swedish kind of long name. So sorry about that. But it's a super interesting book because it talks about um, s- the evolution of psychology and stress mm-hmm. cycle. Um, and it talks about how, you know, when we were in caveman days, we had a stressor and what we would do is we would run from that stressor. And then when we successfully evaded that stressor, we would be done with the stress. And we had work, we were, there was a sign we were done with the stress. And then there was that physical running that, and then stopping, which signaled, which got out all those, those adrenaline hormones and the, that fight or flight hormones. And then mm-hmm. we were done and then we moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, but those hormones still exist and stressors in our modern world are um are here and they're kind of they they never go away so for example like if you have a stress with your boss at work mm-hmm. um you'll have this stress and then you won't understand that this stress is over there's nothing for you there's no like work for you to do to escape it it's mm-hmm. there's no signal that it's over and then you have all these physical hormones in your body, those fight or flight hormones that are affecting you and affecting your nervous system and your well-being. So part of the, that towards the end of this book talked so much about how um, there are physical modalities of movement and healing your body through movement and how exercise is like the only way, um, physical movement, dancing, whatever, is the only way to like get these hormones out of your body. So just understanding, I wanted to read that to understand a little bit more about um, the, the connection between stress and then physically in our bodies because I see physical stress stored in my bodies of like the bodies of my mm-hmm. clients when I work with them and understanding that like 
this is another reason that we need to exercise beyond beyond like emotional health, beyond physical health. Like there's a physical and psychological component that we need as like humans to get that, that, that adrenaline, all those hormones out so we can not be in survival mode. Yes. Oh, was a lot. Sorry. That was a long answer, but it was a really, no, no, it's a phenomenal book. I read it um, not too long ago, but oh, did I, you? yes, I, I totally forgot the author. I'm terrible with author names, but it is such a powerful book too, of just understanding. It's like that mind-body connection of just yeah. being able to release to the physical aspect of endorsements mm-hmm. and everything else that goes along with it. But you're absolutely right. So it's definitely a fantastic read. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that one. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite family recipe, whether it's a traditional one or you just love making it together? Oh, yes. Um, well, my favorite, what I thought in that question was like a favorite traditional recipe in my family is Italian. Like my dad, my dad was born in Italy. So he's like, my mom was um, born uh, here, but all her brothers and sisters were born in, in Italy. So effectively they're essentially in my mind, both born there. So they have lots of, of Italian family recipes, but I would say just like that I make more of is um, their sauce recipe, like classic. And I've been enjoying making it and hopefully can make some more of their recipes through the years because I definitely want to soak up all of that knowledge that they have. Yes. And I'm sure it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, it is. So if you had to describe yourself as an animal personality type style, what animal would you be? I would be my golden retriever, Gus. <laughs> He's a cute. Well, now that we like kind of have a similar hair color and I feel like <laughs> Gus just wants to be friends with everybody. Like he, some people don't like Gus or some dogs don't like Gus. Most people like, but Gus is so outgoing and friendly and he wants to be friends with everybody and they're so happy go lucky. So if anything, I want to try to be like, like golden retriever. I mean, I feel like you're like us <laughs> from what I know. <laughs> so when you have a day off, what is your favorite way to spend that day off? Oh, yes. I love this question. Um, I like to have kind of a lazy morning where I'll just like get up and pet Gus on the couch and have coffee. And then I love to take him out. Well, usually I work out before and then I'll take him out to the park to see his friends. Um, and just, I love watching him run around. It's so cute. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I love to do things out- outdoors. I love to go for walks or hikes or something like that. I love to eat some good food. I love to go to like coffee shops and have a good coffee and a good, um, and like a good pastry or something like that. Um, which is something that I, I never used to do. Like I never even let myself used to let myself look at pastries at coffee shops, but like now I feel like it's such a, it's, I have such a different relationship with it that I love just going to a coffee shop, getting a coffee, enjoying a croissant and just being able to do that. I appreciate it so much more. There's so many times, there's so many times during my disordered eating um, parts of my life where I, I just, I didn't do that. Like I didn't even just, one time I walked down the cookie aisle of the grocery store and I was like, I've never been here. Like I never let myself go there. So sometimes like those simple things or like enjoying food at a restaurant and getting a pasta or getting something that I wouldn't have normally got is like so enjoyable to me now. 
I love like just your own transformation too. It just speaks volumes of having the relationship you have now with food and just your health. It's, it's been a long, a long way. So I get it. I get where people are coming from. And I think Mm -hmm. that just continuously trying to improve myself and like learn new things and Mm -hmm. all that is just, I can share with more with other people, you know? Yeah. I do. I do. What is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Ooh. I think I was going to say that this an outsider, there's so much that an outsider wouldn't know about, about the fitness industry. But um, I think an outsider would not know that um, the fitness industry is, is not a very good, re- uh, well regulated industry. So what I mean when I say that is that Mm -hmm. you can um, have um, people who have gone to school and have like, I'm a registered kinesiologist. I've gone to a university kinesiology course. You can have people who do a weekend course and are accredited personal trainer. I'm not even saying that people who have a degree are better than people who don't. But what Mm -hmm. I'm saying is that it's very personal. So I know coaches who have those courses or personal trainers, but do so much self-development on their own and research on their own and who are so um, invested in their client's success and therefore are excellent coaches. And then I know people who are just kind of mailing it in. So not to knock on people, but I I guess this is kind of with every industry there, but even more so personal training, because it's not so regulated there's a lot of different knowledge bases and a lot of different people who are um who mail it in versus people who actually care about client success people who are looking to make money versus actually care about progressing a client forward and then also and I've been here so I'm not like knocking people that are doing this people Mm -hmm. who are still dealing with their own body image and food stuff and who are projecting not projecting like encouraging other clients to to get into that as well so Mm -hmm. and I've been there like Mm -hmm. it's just where you want to where you are and where you want to be really seek Mm -hmm. out different coaches who who not only seek your um fit your personality but who Mm -hmm. are where you want to be and if 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 it's where you want to be with your relationship with food and exercise, then make, then not only looking at what they, um, they have in their credit uh, credits and not only mm-hmm. looking at what they physically look like, but looking at how if they're practicing what they preach and mm-hmm. how their, um, how their relationship with food and exercise is and how, how their clients are like, I mean, clients and, and, um, uh testimonials don't lie like those yeah. are the number one way that's the number one way if I was searching for somebody that I would look for um a trainer you're absolutely right well Angela I've been enjoying this conversation so thoroughly but before I let you go please let people know where they can find you we're going to link everything below yes so mm-hmm. I'm at um I don't have a website at the time it's, it's under construction but I'm at, at Ange. Uh, Instagram at Ange underscore lift underscore academy. 
Um, and you can also email me at getfit at um, angelaforfaro.com. Um, I do in-person um, training, small group, one-on-one -on -one in Toronto, and also um, online coaching, like virtual program design, um, custom program design for clients all over, all over the country, all over Canada and U.S., um, for sure. And so, yeah, that's how you can reach me. Thanks, Caroline, so much for having me on. It's been, I feel like we could talk forever. I know we could, um, but I so enjoyed just being able to have you on, but share your journey and really being so transparent and vulnerable of your experience, of your clients' experiences, and just how you're really helping change and empower in the health industry, in particular physical fitness, but really just mindset and also physical transformations and what you're doing. So I appreciate it so much. <laughs> so much. That means a lot. Thank you for saying that. It's the truth. And I'm so glad. So make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Angela today? What did you learn? And make sure to comment so she can see it as well. I'm sure she would love to see it. Definitely. And we'll see you on the next video.